Hey, Dan Lukowitz here. Dan on top. We've got an incredible guest today. This is just going to be, so don't want to miss it. Traeger Strasberg is an incredible individual. I'm not even going to get into the accolades. I want to bring her on first. Traeger, how you doing? Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for being on Dan on Top. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome to get to know you, and I'm super excited to have you here. I won't do it justice, so you just jump right in. Tell us, who is Traeger Strasberg? <laughs> Um, well, uh, that's a loaded question, but what I do uh, is I founded a nonprofit that furnishes homes for the recently homeless uh, with donated furniture from the community. It started with one project for one individual, and now we have grown to five, soon to be six cities nationwide, and um, we have serviced over 7,000 individuals. Um, we have a TV show uh, about us on Saturday mornings on The CW, and... Um, it's been a real gift and an honor to serve the community. Well, something tells me, judging by that smile, like three or four times when you spoke, you were smiling the whole time, but the smile really came out, that you absolutely love what you do. Am I correct? That is the understatement of the year. I have such a passion for what I do. It's become um, something unexpected that I, I wasn't aiming towards, but this is my life's work. That's awesome. Fantastic. That's really cool. Again, thanks for coming on. I mean, I know we have some interesting overlapping background. I'm also from, you know, Detroit. I, I actually live most of the year in Detroit. I've renovated quite a few houses in the city of Detroit. I was telling you on the phone the other day, I would have loved to have crossed paths with you, you know, three, four, five years ago, because I definitely know that the residents of the city of Detroit and uh, the neighborhoods in which I was working would have definitely benefited from you and your organization. So on that note, tell me a little bit more about what you actually do and what it looks like on a home by home and block by block basis in, in the cities that you uh, are, are involved with. Super fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the way that this started was I had a friend who was uh, living in a homeless shelter, which blew my mind. Um, I thought homelessness was just, you know, a mental illness and, and drug addiction and shopping carts and uh, living on the streets, which it absolutely is not. So, um, I, I met a friend, she was living in the, a homeless shelter. When she moved into her house, I realized that she and her children were sleeping on the floor. Uh, they were making little nests with their coats as to where they were gonna sleep. So I went into all of my um, items in my closets and my friends and everybody and, and dug out what I thought she would need. And then I used it to decorate her house the way she wanted it. Uh, she wanted a brown couch. I did my best to find brown. She loved red for the dining room. I did my best to do that. Her kids were into music. We found a lot of musical instruments. Um, so we did our, our best to decorate it like you know we would our own homes. Um, and that is still the way that we do things today at Humble Design. We have interior decorators who furnish each home. Um, the um, the uh, the designers uh, go in uh, on a Monday and they meet with the family, and the family is most times you know living on the floor, no beds, no tables, no chairs, no desks, no lamps. Um, re really, all they could take from the shelter was just their uh, their suitcases. So uh, they're sitting on the floor and they ask them like okay, what do you like? What have you been dreaming about? What are your kids like? Tell me about them. Tell me about how um, how your last year has been, what it has been like to, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, could you just speak up? What it's been like to um, live uh, in the shelter and then come out of it and what has been, um, 
what's been the hardest part of it? And some people have asthma, some people have health issues, some people have kids who are trying to make scholarships. Um, a lot of what we see right now are children who are not able to go to school. They don't have a laptop, they don't have a desk, they don't have internet connection. Um, and so that is really, um, uh, I think, a disparity in between uh, the suburbs and, and, and the urban cities where we work. So um, on a Monday, we meet with them. On uh, a Tuesday, we gather everything that they would need for their home. We walk through our warehouses. We have like a bed, bath, and beyond of donated furniture uh, in uh, five of our cities. And we have uh, designers who walk through and they tag the items that are right for the family. Um, after that, the movers move everything into the truck, except for the smaller decor items. Um, and then we have volunteers come in on a Wednesday. They load everything into their cars and their trucks and their vans. And we all caravan down to the house together. And then we spend three or four hours without the family there, moving all the furniture in, decorating it, cleaning it, hanging the artwork, putting all the dishes away, setting the table for dinner, um, cleaning the bathrooms, putting in extra linen, extra towels, everything that could possibly go in their house um, and organizing it. And then uh, right around when the kids get out of school, we have them come home for the reveal. We have the volunteers stay in the house so they get to see the moment that you've changed someone's life forever. And, uh, and we've done, uh, in Detroit alone, we do three homes a week. So that wow. process happens. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. What, what kind of impact does that have or effect, I should say, in terms of, of those uh, individuals staying in those neighborhoods and staying in the homes? So statistically nationwide, um, once families get into a home after leaving a homeless shelter, 50% of those families go back into homelessness. Wow. I'm going to pause. I'm going to say that again. Once families get into a stable home after leaving a homeless shelter, 50% of them nationwide get go back into homelessness within 12 months. Within 12 that, months, wow. Within 12 months. We think oh. that getting a, a house or a home or a roof over your head is the end of the homelessness story. It's and for 50 families, it's not. Right. So where is the missing piece? Where I have dogs in the background. You have to excuse me. I love me it. Here. No, it's so funny. I, I love it. It's so cute. Don't worry at all. It's my life a lot easier if I just do this. There you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> So the uh, the interesting thing about Humble Design is, uh, and when we furnish and, and provide a stable home, is that of our 7,000 individuals that we've helped since 2009, only 1% of our families have gone back into homelessness. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, that's incredible. What did that goes to show you that, you know, the love and care and, 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 and affection and furnishing of these homes, it means everything. I mean, you're taking 50%, I don't want to call it failure rate, but 50% at best, I want to call it an attrition, right? Down to 1%. I mean, that's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. What do you, what would you say? I mean, obviously we know what you're doing, but why is it that what you're doing is so impactful in your, so in your work? Well, initially we had all this anecdotal evidence, right? We had all these women who were like, I left uh, a domestic abuse um, situation and my uh, abuser had all the stuff and my kids were like, oh, why are we sleeping on the floor? You know, he's got the beds, he's got the, the computer, he's got the desks, you know, let's, it's, let's just go back. Um, and so we hear those anecdotally uh, a little bit. And we also hear things like, oh, 
well, last time my sink broke, I just lived here and stopped paying rent. But when now that my sink broke and I have all this stuff and it feels like home, I called the landlord to get it fixed. Um, so this is no longer a temporary home for me. My mindset has changed into a permanent home for me. So we hear that anecdotally, but we really didn't understand it completely until Fast Company did the article on us and they did some deep dive into our 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 clients, our statistics, and then other uh, people have written um, really interesting articles on what dignity does and what empathy does for someone's long-term um, health. So they did this deep dive. It's a really interesting article on why this works. And really what it comes down to is the sense of home and a sense of pride, uh, a sense of dignity, empathy, and ownership changes people's mindset towards from the short-term survival into long-term planning. So just being able to put your feet on the ground on the side of a bed, rather than rolling off off the floor off a air mattress, actually does something physically and emotionally and mentally to the person involved. Very interesting. I mean, yeah, it makes, it makes total sense and it's, it's incredible. You know, obviously I love what you're doing. It's super exciting. I wouldn't have reached out to you or had you on the show had I not been inspired, frankly, by, by what you're doing and, and believe in it wholeheartedly. So, you know, I am on the other side, an investor, right? I am a broker. I'm always thinking like a business person and I want to help out, right? I want to make introductions. I want to, you know, get you in front of, of more people and helping more people and building more things. But I also want to understand from an, if I was an investor that you're speaking to, which I am, right? Tell me why I would want to use your services or why I would want to follow your model when putting together my real estate portfolio? So we work with tons and tons of Section 8 landlords. I mean, obviously, that's the space that we're, that we're moving in. So let me ask you a question. When or you, I don't know if you uh, deal with Section 8 or when you come across landlords that do deal with Section 8, what's their number one issue with their tenants? So it's a great question. I come across it pretty much every day of the week. I mean, I just put, I just dealt with a property last week that was purchased by one of my fund managers in, in Metro Detroit. And that's a portfolio of maybe, I don't know, 60 or 70 properties that, that, that fund has the majority of which are section eight. And, you know, I happen to be gung ho section. Eight. I think it's a great program in certain senses. I think it's great for investors and I think it's, it can be great for the community members. So the number one, or maybe the number one and two, uh, um, issues are, Hey, is my tenant going to trash the location or are they going to leave and stop paying? That's it, right? So what we yeah. can do, Section 8 landlords, and why Section 8 landlords love us is because we keep families sustainably housed. Statistics show that they stay there for much longer periods of time. If not, you know, they, they end up being um, uh, yearly, you know, decades-long tenants. Um, also, they take care of the space. They have pride in it. Yeah. They... They, we, we leave them cleaning supplies. We leave them vacuums. Um, not only that, but they're proud of their home, so they invite people in. And then the neighbors start being proud of their homes. And we found that the entire value of the block goes up. We did seven homes on one block in Detroit. And the value of that block compared to the surrounding blocks went up. And it was, it was an amazing testament to just how the domino effect works in a certain area, right? And you've seen this too, I'm sure, when you take care of oh, one yeah. area or one house, the value of everybody else's homes go up because they start participating as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like like I said, we were essentially, we could probably sit here you know, and, and, uh, and talk shop about the same streets and the same neighborhoods in Detroit because with my company, Renaissance Real Estate Ventures, we renovated a lot of properties and oftentimes the same 
really feeling of reward was when I had three, four, five, six houses on a block. And after renovating one, we went to the next, to the next, to the next. You really can have a meaningful impact in a neighborhood, which is which is amazing because at the end of the day, the dollars, they only go so far, right? It's really about the mission and about what you're trying to do. And, and that's one of the reasons I really love and respect and appreciate what you're doing, Traeger. And I think that it's important for all the investors watching to understand that we can't talk enough about these concepts, right? If you're having a Section 8 portfolio, if you're purchasing Section 8 property, you have a legitimate concern. Are they going to move out? Are they going to trash the place? Are they going to stop, you know, paying rent? And, you know, in fact, when we underwrite deals in Detroit, we're always looking at at least one month of vacancy every year. That's just written into the underwriting process. And what Traeger is telling you is that if you have a typical tenant that's coming out of homelessness, you've got a one in two chance that within 12 months they're going back. So yeah, our underwriting process is correct because it's going to take you at least a month to tenant it. But now you can use a program like Traeger's and you've got 50 times greater likelihood that they're going to stay there more than a year. So what does that do to your bottom line? Forget all the moral stuff and all the benefits and the reward and helping and all that. You want to talk dollars and cents? Now you've got tenants that could potentially stay there for the rest of their lives and they're going and telling their friends and their family members about you as an investor and as a landlord. So it's really right. an amazing concept can benefit everybody. And we, I mean, we're a nonprofit, so we like donations and we love doing fundraisers, but basically for the, these landlords, we're free service. I mean, yeah, that's we, don't incredible charge, too. we don't charge the landlords to do this. It's, it's a, a program that we put together that passes costs on to our investors and then people who, who, um, come down for these days of service, we ask them to sponsor the home. So getting involved with our organization, it doesn't require any, there's no barriers to success. We can, uh, if you're working with a, a shelter that that places Section 8 housing, we probably already are in your area. So um, uh, we're in um, Detroit, Chicago, Seattle, San Diego, Cleveland, and soon to be Tampa. So if you're watching and you're a landlord and you have Section 8 in one of those six cities, uh, we can definitely uh, raise your level of success with your with your clients. Well, I've got already half a dozen people in my head I want to introduce you to. We'll talk offline about that. But again, anybody watching this, reach out to Traeger. I mean, she's an incredible individual. She's been recognized all across the country on major shows, received awards from governors and from you know leaders all over the country. It's really quite incredible what you're doing. And as she mentioned, this is a win-win-win, right? You get to help your bottom line by having tenants who stay longer. You get to help the neighborhoods, you get to help individuals, and you get to build business. And also, you know, you get to work with great organizations. So, you know, what I want to say is that anybody who wants to use Traeger services, she didn't need, she waited till the end to say this. It's free. It's free to you. How could you say no to that? Traeger, if anybody wants to reach out to you either to use your services or to sponsor, you know, a home, how do they get in touch? Uh, we're at humbledesign.org. Very easy to remember. And I also just want to say, when you visit humbledesign.org and look at all of our videos and watch the, the heartfelt and just emotional wonderfulness of when you change someone's life, I want to come back to the fact that no organization or effort is going to work unless it works for both sides. We want to make sure that landlords are, are seeing benefits, that governments and cities are seeing benefits to keep people um, out of homelessness, and homeless individuals are seeing the benefits. Um, it's not charity in that way it, it it ends up being a systematic change partnership. with partnership. a partnership that actually solves the problem uh rather than band-aids over it 
So um, again, visit us at humbledesign.org and um, check us out, give us a call. Uh, and we would love, we love partnering with people. We love bringing people down to the house. Even during COVID, we have virtual homes that we do uh, with companies, getting your employees involved. And that's really the, the cradle of our organization is making sure that everybody uh, is served by this program. Awesome. Well, hey, Traeger, it's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you coming on the show, being on Dan on Top. I appreciate you sharing the information. I want to mention to everybody watching, if you at all think that there's any type of synergy, reach out to Traeger, reach out to myself, find out how you can get involved. This is an incredible individual. This is an incredible organization, and it's really an incredible opportunity. So when those things come in front of you, I say step up, take the necessary actions, and work with good people. Again, Traeger, thank you so much for being on Dan on Top. We really appreciate it. This has been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to working with you more in the future. Thanks so much. I had a great time. Awesome. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys.